Something remarkable happened in the US this week. The FBI raided on Monday the office and hotel room of President Trump's lawyer, Michael D. Cohen, because of an American legal doctrine known as attorney-client privilege. Lawyers rarely get raided by the authorities in the US. And remarkably, in this case, that lawyer happens to be the sitting US president's personal lawyer who's been on the news a lot. Let's discuss what it means and why it matters, including for us here in Korea. Dong Huang, Independent Legal Research with LawQuant LLC. Thank you for joining us. Morning, Alex. I mean, it's fascinating regardless of personal influences, but why should we, living in Korea, be affected by this story? Right. I mean, after all, Michael Cohen has no role, no formal role in the U.S. government at the moment. But, you know, after the news bro- broke, uh, President Trump little, literally kind of blew up, you know, uh, both on Twitter as well as in front of reporters. He uh, reacted harshly. And I think at this point in time, as with the uh, U.S.-North Korea summit coming up, I think President Trump's state of mind is quite relevant to, you know, country. And, you know, we should kind of think about how domestic politics in the U.S. is affecting, you know, uh, President Trump. Mind. In fact, just 12 hours ago, as if you know, he was reading my mind and concerned about his state of mind. He tweeted like this. Uh, he says, "So much fake news about what is going on in the White House." But he also says, "A very calm and calculated, with a big focus on open and fair trade with China and the coming North Korea meeting." So obviously, he's sort of trying to project some kind of calmness before big issues that he has to deal, he has to deal with. But on the other hand, given his Twitter response as well as his kind of of you know, bombastic response in front of the t- TV camera and reporters, it really does seem like the, the, the latest raid has really gotten under his skin. So getting to the story, what, why is it so unusual? So you mentioned the attorney-client privilege. It's a U.S. legal doctrine that says that any information between attorney and client in, in the course of representation cannot be turned over to anyone, even the, in the FBI. With a very narrow exception, and that narrow exception is something called crime fraud exception, which is that the FBI and the federal prosecutors literally had to go up to a judge and explain that they actually have evidence that that the the, the subject matter attorney and client are actually jointly planning a crime, and they mm. had to actually show that with you know, quite credible evidence. And this was not done by special prosecutor. In fact, it was done by federal prosecutors in you know, Manhattan, apart from the special prosecutor Mueller. And the fact that they were successful, and that's actually t- tells you quite a lot about what's going on with you know investigation into various dealings of you know, President Trump. What's likely to be the wrongdoing that Michael Cohen will be accused of, and, and will we actually find out? Well, actually, Michael Cohen has been on the news quite a lot. Uh, for those of you who have been sort of looking at the salacious news coming out of U.S. these days, the name Stormy Daniels has come up quite a lot. It's the uh, uh, it's a, uh, um, adult film of, uh, star who supposedly had a, rela- uh, you know, a sexual relationship with President Trump and was paid hush money, and Michael Cohen was central to that uh, whole settlement. So as salacious as um, uh, that may sound, in fact, one, uh, in the various course of the news, report, it kind of became kind of suspicious that Michael Cohen might have used the campaign money to actually pay the hush money. And in, in fact, if that's true, you know, we're talking about bank fraud, campaign finance law violations, and so on and so forth. So, you know, this could get Michael Cohen and potentially President Trump into a lot of trouble. Well, could it actually threaten Trump's presidency? 
I mean, it does open up the you know, second front in, in, the, in terms of legal jeopardy with, with respect to you know, President Trump. One is you know, obviously the Russian investigation that Special M- M- Counsel Mueller is heading. But you know, this raid was done entirely apart from uh, Special uh, Special Counsel's investigation. It seems that it was referred to by Special Counsel, but as I said before, federal prosecutors in the uh, in New York was involved, FBI was involved, and it basically opens up the second front on the legal jeopardy for President. Trump and obviously having your personal lawyer being raided by the FBI, whether you're sitting president or not, is never a good news. Yeah, when your lawyers, when your lawyer needs a lawyer, that's right. It's rather confusing, isn't it? Uh, then you probably will be concerned and stressed out. But uh, he said, President Trump, that this is a witch hunt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually going to be the main characterization he has uh, that he has stuck with, and he'll go forward. And uh, you know, the, if you actually go into the facts of the case, it's a little hard to push push for it because the federal prosecutor who actually had to go to the federal judge and had to explain it was you know the federal prosecutor by, by the name of Jeffrey Berman, who was one appointed by President Trump himself, and two, he uh, was a law, law partner of uh, Rudy Giuliani, who was also a very you know, key supporter of President Trump. So you're not talking about some kind of, you know, democratic, uh, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy against President Trump, as some some might suggest. You know, there are many Republicans that are involved in this whole story. So this whole claim of a witch hunt kind of falls short. Well, we've seen similar defenses, haven't we, put forward here in, in Korea yeah. by two certain former conservative presidents who say there are politically motivated charges against them exactly and those you know and in fact those investigations in korea were took did take place during those presidents uh the terms and you know at that time prosecutors didn't come up with anything but of course now that those presidents are out of power the prosecutor prosecution has gone uh, go ahead so i guess the remarkable thing is that you know in the u.s this prosecution is happening and the police raid is happening uh, even while we are in you know just a one year of you know uh, uh, just, uh, uh, president trump's presidency so there's so much at stake right now with President Trump, including holding talks in North Korea in May or early June, uh, he clarified this That's week. That's right. Mm-hmm. So h- how do we think it might have an impact if, if he's, even if he's got half an eye off the ball? Well, I mean, President Trump has always been kind of a difficult person to predict, right? And he's known to be very, uh, you know, off the cuff and sort of let his mood swings dictate what he says or how he does. In fact, the very acceptance of the summit was kind of a surprise. He kind of did it on spot as soon as he was briefed by South Korean uh, envoys. So I think his impulsiveness probably cuts both ways. Um, the political pressure, I'm afraid that he might actually pressure him to, you know, do something drastic, drastic in both perhaps, you know, good and bad ways for South Korea. One way you could think about it is that maybe he feel, he'll feel so pressured to have some kind of diplomatic political uh, victory that he'll basically say, okay, let's have some kind of grand bargain and we might actually have something of, you know, maybe not a lasting peace, but basically they deep drop, big drop in the you know, prospect for a war. But on the other hand, now that he's talking about you know bombing Syria on his Twitter, who who knows how that impulsiveness will actually translate to North Korea? He might actually say, "Well, I, once he meets Kim Jong Un, he says, well, maybe I might I'm, I'm, I might as well bomb uh, North Korea.'" I think what we, what we in Korea have to face is that we do face this kind of uncertainty due to his impulsiveness. 
it, it certainly seems that way. Uh, one side point um, on the Russia front is is that Russia has a huge role to play in the, what happens next in Syria and how exactly. it responds to what President Trump does. Um, and a lot of people have been pointing out, well, you know, how can there be this cosy relationship with Russia when we currently find ourselves here? And that remains a big question mark. Please do keep us informed and help us get up close on such issues in the future as well. Zhang Huang, independent legal researcher with Law Quant LLC. Thank you very much.